Hello, dear friends. This is Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. It's time for Let's Talk About Jesus right here on WMAF. We're so glad to be with you today in this Christmas season, this Christmas time when we as Christians recognize as so much far more than a holiday. This is a holy day that is coming up when we remember the real reason for the season. That's not just a cliched little cute saying. That is a great, great truth. And we want you to embrace the truth about Christmas this year. If you're a new believer, we want you to uh, really go with us deeper into the Word of God. These weeks leading up to Christmas Day. Amen. And if you've been in the faith for a long time, we want to remind you of the real reason for the season. And if you are not a Christian today, we want you to stay tuned as we begin to examine once again the wonder of this great event This first advent, which is marked by a great event of a baby born in Bethlehem, uh, in a, in a, in a, in a a cradle situation, uh, that really was his first step toward the cross. Uh, He went from the cradle to the cross. He came under the shadow of the cross. He came as the Lamb of God, though he was born king of the universe. Hallelujah. This is a mystery, but it is a mystery that is filled with majesty. So we're going to be talking about Jesus, the greatest gift of all in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 15. Just before we begin our Christmas series of teachings. I want to thank you for coming back to this broadcast. I want to thank you so very much for being part of our listening family and the listening family of this radio station, WMAF. If you are in South Georgia, North Florida, if you are anywhere in the United States connected to the World Wide Web, we thank you. If you're anywhere in the world hearing this broadcast as it's streams by computer. We thank you for joining us. If you've come to our website, if you've come to the radio station website, you can find these teachings there. And they are free and there's no strings attached. You will not receive a letter from us. We will not put you on a mailing list. We will not sell you to somebody else's mailing list. And there's there's nothing wrong with a mailing list to to try to engage people and, and, uh, and inform them if they're interested in something. But we simply want to make it very, very clear that we have no ulterior motive in bringing this message to you, except we have a mandate from God to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. <laughs> Hallelujah. So today we, we, we want to continue to do that as long as we have this open door and this opportunity. So we just want you to pray uh, for us to to. Keep the vision that God has given us that we might say with Paul when all is said and done, I was not disobedient. 
to the heavenly vision. Hallelujah. All right, if you have your Bibles today, Jesus, the greatest gift of all, and it's a very short and sweet and significant scripture, for it says in 2 Corinthians 9 and verse 15, thanks be unto God for his unspeakable gift. Literally in the Greek, it's very clear. It says indescribable, without words. It's amazing to me that the great apostle Paul, who uh, was allowed uh, and, and called to write 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament, was at a loss for words to describe the value of the gift of God's own Son as the means of our salvation. This is an incredible thing to me. He couldn't find words. You know, we, uh, we preachers, <laughs> we, we use th- thousands of words, and, and many of us use many wonderful adjectives and, de- and descriptive words to, to describe things. And yet, when it comes to the gift of Christ and the gift of grace that comes through His cross and the gift of salvation, our eternal destiny being changed from eternal banishment and punishment from the presence of God to eternal bliss in the presence of God in a place that He's prepared for us all because of the gift that God has given us. Thank God for the gift of His Son. Thank God for the gift of grace and the gift of righteousness. And it's all beginning with the gift of Christ Himself, which Paul said, this is an unspeakable gift. What is an indescribable gift? Indescribable means that cannot that that cannot be described, surpassing description. A while back, well, a long while back on Good Morning America, Joan London featured some gift ideas that might be called indescribable. They were extraordinary gifts that some of you might want to include on your Christmas gift list. One of them was a Jaguar automobile, the Jaguar XJ220. If you care to order one of these, go to your Jaguar dealer and put down your $80,000 deposit. Then when the automobile is delivered, you're expected to pay the balance of $626,000. The Jaguar 220 is a $7,706. See, I told you it was indescribable. $706,000 automobile. And they only make 350 of them in that particular year. Joan London also mentioned that if you were to purchase such an automobile, you might be interested in a new car wax that promises to give it the ultimate shine. It retails for $3,400 for an 8-ounce can. I guess if you can afford a $700,000 automobile, why not spend 3500 for car wax? A third item she mentioned was a 300,000 gold and silver toilet seat inlaid with precious stones. Whoa! 
<laughs> who, who would, who, I don't know. See, there's the indescribable thing again. If, of course, there were cheaper gifts for those who have everything, like an $18,000 Frisbee, a $10,000 yo-yo, a $12,000 mousetrap, and even a $27,000 pair of sunglasses. And for the proud grandparent who's wondering what to buy the new grandbaby, how about a $28,000 pacifier? Such gifts stagger our imagination, don't they? (laughs) But they're not indescribable. Even though we may not always be able to find the right words to describe them, I assure you, (laughs) though the manufacturer can, and they'll spend lots of money describing them in their ad campaigns. They'll seek to describe them in such an appealing way as to entice someone into believing that you simply can't live the rest of your life without them. So every human gift is describable by someone. So what then is the indescribable gift? It is simply, and yet so significantly, Jesus, God's gift of love to you and to me. The supreme message of Christmas is that God loved the world so much that He gave His only begotten Son to save us. This is Christmas, not the tinsel, not the giving and receiving, not even the carols, but the humble heart that receives anew the wondrous gift that is Jesus Christ. God's love in Christ is indescribable. Love that passes knowledge. If the mind can't conceive it and comprehend it, the mouth simply can't describe it. Listen to this in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 19. It said, For this cause I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant unto you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might by his Spirit in the inward man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, that ye, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth and length and depth and height. What is he describing here? He's describing or attempting to describe the indescribable that can only be realized through the revelation of the Holy Spirit and the realization of that love when the Holy Spirit sheds the love of God abroad in our hearts. <laughs> and to know that that passes knowledge. Listen to verse 19. To comprehend in our mind and come to the knowledge, verse 19 says, and to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. I just want to read this from a practical paraphrase. Uh, Read the King James for study, but just listen to put this in some terms that we can move forward because we could stay right here because this is digging deep. Hallelujah. 
It says, when I think of the wisdom and scope of God's plan, I fall on my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious, unlimited resources, he will give you mighty inner strength through his Holy Spirit. And I pray that Christ will become more and more at home in your hearts as you trust him. May your roots go down deep into the soil of God's marvelous love. And may you have power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love really is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is so great you will never fully understand it. Then, you will be filled with the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Hallelujah. Oh, friends of mine, this is an indescribable gift that here we are, 21 centuries later, trying our best to describe. But it's going to take the Holy Spirit working in our mind and in our heart to fully begin to appreciate and appropriate the kind of love that would cause God, the Son, to take on flesh. So, not so He could lie in a cradle and evoke sentimental feelings in our hearts, but so that He could go to the cross as a man who never sinned and shed that sinless blood as our sacrifice lamb. Oh, friend of mine, all of this defies description, and yet we must begin to look at it and pray that the Holy Spirit will make it so real that we will be overwhelmed by this kind of love and that we will love Him back. We'll return that love to Him with everything we are and everything that we have. And that we won't see ourselves as poor if we don't have a penny in the bank account materially. We will see ourselves as rich beyond description because of what we have when we have Jesus Christ as our sovereign and our Savior. Hallelujah. Our best illustration to help us to greater grasp the enormity of God's love uh, on the cross uh, is, is Jesus on that cross for you and for me. Oswald Chambers wrote, and I want to quote him, In the cross we may see the dimensions of divine love. Remember the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height. The cross is not the cross of a man, but the exhibition of the heart of God. At the back of the wall, of the world stands God with his arms outstretched, and every man driven there is driven into the arms of God. The cross of Jesus Christ is the supreme evidence of the love of God. You see, friend, this gift represents unsurpassable, unconditional love. It is the cornerstone of the Christian faith, it is personified in Jesus Christ. It is consummated at 
the cross. Remember that great Christian hymn, At the cross, at the cross where I first saw the light. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's where it all begins and it comes full circle. Jesus is the author and he is the finisher, the alpha and the omega of our faith. The Apostle Paul used the truth of God's love gift to encourage us to trust him for everything that we need. Every possible conceivable need of our life begins with an understanding and appreciation and an appropriation of the love of God. Listen to this. Romans 8 and verse 32. He that spared not his own son, remember, for unto you a child is born, a son is given. Again, not given, to lay in a manger. That was his first step on his journey to the cross, to be a sin sacrifice for you and for me. Oh, friend of mine, for unto us a child is born, a son is given. I, On October 1st, my oldest son, because of many, many uh, months of physical problems, he wanted to go to sleep, he said. Dad, if I could go to sleep like Granddad did. And just go on to heaven and get out of this failed and failing body. At 53 years of age, I came home. from. I prayed with him. I said, son, listen, God can heal you. God can deliver you. Uh, God can do anything. Look what he's done for me. And he said, I know that, dad. I know that. He said, but if I beat you to heaven, he said, I want you to know that I'm going to be just fine. He said, if God chooses to heal me and deliver me from all of these afflictions, it'll be a win. I'll be so happy and I'll praise him the rest of my life. But he said, if God would let me go to sleep and take me on home, that would be a greater win. So dad, either way, it's a win-win. Just a short time after we had that conversation, because I told him, I said, son, that's in God's hands. Just let God make the choice. You've made the choice to receive Christ as your Savior. You've made the choice to put your trust, your soul, your life, your everything into his nail-scarred hands. And on October 1st, after our morning church service, we arrived home. My son lives next door to me. There was a fire truck. There was police cars. And I walked over, walked in the bedroom. And I asked, I saw my son laying motionless in the bed. And I asked my daughter-in-law, what happened? And my grandson, what happened? And they said, he went to sleep. He said he wanted to go take a nap. And while he was napping, he slipped away. Oh, friend of mine, I know what it is to lose a son. I know what God was feeling. Not just when Jesus was on the cross dying for our sins, but when he came to this earth in that manger. Because God was giving us his son to be a lamb to be a spotless lamb, 
Hallelujah. That he could pay our sin debt in full. Oh, friend of mine, I want you to know Jesus coming was not an afterthought. It was not God desperately trying to find a way to save us from Satan and from ourselves and from our sins. The Bible speaks of Jesus Christ as the Lamb of God who was slain from the foundation of the world. When God gave you and me, friend, a free will, He knew we could make the wrong choice. And if we did, He still was determined to find a way to save us. So He gave us His Son. And what He had determined to do when He laid the foundation of the world, it was manifest on that first Christmas evening. And that first Christmas morning. And because of that kind of love, dear friend, Romans 8 and verse 32 says, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Do you get that today? Do you really get that today? That kind of love. He spared not his own son. You know, Jesus on the cross died as a man forsaken of God. Even though he knew no sin, he became a curse when he took our sins upon himself and was punished. Our sin was punished in him. Oh, friend, That's what Christmas is all about. How can anyone describe this kind of love that the sinless one would be treated as the sinful one so that the true sinful one might be forgiven and set free from any punishment? Oh, friend, talk about peace. Talk about joy. Talk about a reason to rejoice. That person that brought bought that car and that toilet seat and, and all of that junk is going to come right down to the dying one day. And that soul is going to go somewhere to live forever. And to know that we're going to live with God forever because Jesus has come. That God loved us that much. Oh, make no mistake about it. Jesus was not a victim on that cross. He was a victor. He was was purchasing a gift to give you and to give me with his own life. And he did it with suffering. His visage marred more than any man's. He cried, I thirst on the cross. There was nothing to comfort him. He cried, Eloi. Eloi lama sabachthani, which being interpreted as my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Oh, friend of mine, he died alone and in agony, but he died in love. Oh, friend, he died in love with you, and he died in love with me. And the Bible said that this is what causes the love of God to be so undescriptive and indescribable. What manner of love is this, that while we were yet sinners, (laughs) Christ would die for us. 
a suffering, agonizing death, a vicarious death, a vicious death on the cross. And yet he loved us enough to stay on that cross. Remember when they came to take him to the cross? Peter thought, now I'm, I'm, I'm going to defend him. I'm going to show him my loyalty and devotion. He pulled out his sword and he went for the first uh, first person who came to take Jesus. And, and he tried to hit him in the neck and he missed as the man flinched and he just cut off his ear. Jesus reached down, told Peter, put up your sword, reached down and picked up the, the severed ear. And the first plastic surgery, <laughs> no, this was more than plastic surgery. This was a creative miracle. He took that ear, placed it back upon the man's head, and there was no more blood, no more bleeding, and the, the flesh knit back together. And he said, if my kingdom were of this world, I would call the armies of heaven to come right now. In other words, they're not making me go to this cross. Those nails are not holding me to this cross. Well, if they didn't have the power to take him, oh, just a little P.S. here, <laughs> a little a little nugget I see in the Word of God. When they ask him before taking him before the council that would ultimately take him to the cross, they said, Are you Jesus? And he said, I am he. And that I am uttered was uttered as God incarnate, God in flesh. <laughs> Amen. And they fell back. If he didn't want them to touch him, they couldn't touch him. Actually, he didn't need to call the armies of heaven because he was God almighty, manifest, incarnate, in flesh. But he went to the cross and in Pilate's hall as a lamb dumb before his shearers, he uttered not a word as they beat him, spat upon him, whipped him the way they did and then impaled him on the cross. What held Jesus to that cross who had all of that power when every part of his human body cried for deliverance from the pain and the agony that he was going through. I'm going to tell you today exactly what held him to the cross. It was his love for you and his love for me. And not after we became Christians and started trying our best to live for him. No, while we were yet sinners in this God commended his love to us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. How can we find words to describe this kind of love for such undeserving people like you and like me? Oh, I like that song that Andre Crouch made so, so very popular when he used to sing, I don't know why Jesus loved me. I don't know why he cared. I don't know why he sacrificed his life. Oh, but I'm glad, so glad that he did. October 1st, my son went to be with the Lord this year. 
And this Christmas, he won't be around to call and say, Dad, how you doing? Or Merry Christmas or vice versa. But he's around, dear friend. He's not very far away. And because of what Jesus did at the cross, I'm going to be with him. And his mother's going to be with him. His brother's going to be with him. And and all of our family that had received Christ have this great hope that even death can't conquer. How can we describe this gift? It is indeed an unspeakable gift, an unspeakable, indescribable gift. And yet it is ours in Jesus Christ today. I'm going to ask you today, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and your personal Savior, would you receive Him by repenting of your sin and asking Him to forgive you and to come into your heart and be the Lord of your life? Would you receive this indescribable gift that will outlast this world (laughs) that will conquer death, that will seal you for heaven. Friend of mine, don't run from Jesus this Christmas into the holy day, holiday. Make it the holiest day that it could possibly be and receive Jesus as your Savior. And you who know Him as your Savior, Let the first love be rekindled as we once again consider this kind of love for you and for me. And come back next week and let's talk about Jesus.